0: The Spot Track Podcast,
1: talking sports contracts, the salary cap, and business of sports.
0: Welcome to another edition of the Spot Track Podcast. My name is Mike Giannetti. We're giving Kevin and Paul another week off. It's a big basketball week, it's a holiday week. They're off with families celebrating, and uh, I'm being joined by my partner in crime, and more importantly, Spot Track's NBA guru, Scott Allen, to uh, kind of walk through <laughs> what you can't even call day one, but maybe. 6 8 hours of NBA craziness. So uh Scott, we discussed doing a quick little show like this 3 4 days ago and boy did we make the right call, huh? <laughs> I mean, talk yeah, about absolutely. talk about a uh talk about a flash right out of the gate. Uh, I mean, we have a little bit of everything to talk about today and uh thanks for joining to kind of break this down with me. Yeah, great great to be here. Yeah. All right, where do we start? I mean, Dealer's choice with teams you can start with, players you can start with. Anybody we talked about over the past month on this show has pretty much come to surface, with the exception of one player who we'll get to, um, because I think him sitting back and sort of watching this unfold is really interesting in itself. But I, I guess we have to start with, with the Nets, right? I mean, I mean, let's just jump forward to the Brooklyn Nets, who have certainly made an impact on their roster one way or another with trades out, trades in, assignings in. Um, I mean, they started trading for cap space. What was that? The end of May with Allen mm-hmm. Crabb. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. And, and that's the move that essentially locked them into two max spots. Correct.
1: Correct. That and uh, they had been targeting this 2019 free agency for a while with sure. moving pieces and everything. Targeting, you mean tanking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly.
0: All right. So. The the writing was on the wall with this for a long time, but I'm not sure that many people actually thought this was going to get to the finish line. I think the idea of players getting together and going somewhere was fine, but you had teams like the Clippers and the Knicks who also had multiple max spots available and just seemed like better destinations. That's not the case. This is now Brooklyn's East to lose, maybe not this year, but maybe for two, three years down the road. Did they do enough? Were these the right moves? I mean, there's certainly some baggage with Kyrie Irving that we can start there, I guess.
1: Yeah, I mean the the signings that they did definitely has made them better than they were. I mean, on at, at the end of, on, on paper, <laughs> right? I mean, at the end of last season, I mean, they were coming on strong. They were gelling really well. Right. They they needed a couple pieces to to get them over the hump. Now that they have Kyrie. Uh, D'Angelo's out for sure. Um, and, and what it sounds like is it's going to be a double sign-in trade between right. Durant and D'Angelo Russell. We'll, with, we'll get there. Let's let's, say. You
0: made a nice point here. You, you mentioned that the youth of the Nets were sort of coming together. It feels a lot like the Boston Celtics one year prior where Gordon Hayward, Kyrie Irving are out for extended periods with the injuries. These kids come together, make a postseason run. It's essentially what happened in, in Brooklyn here this year. And lo and behold, Kyrie Irving rejoins that Boston lineup, and it's a disaster. So are we just getting version 2.0 of that with, with Brooklyn? Because obviously, you know, Kevin Durant's not going to be a factor in 2019. Um, I don't know how, how much of a factor DeAndre Jordan, who's the third piece to this wheel right now, can be. But it sure seems like this is going to be Kyrie Irving and a bunch of really, you know, promising kids in Brooklyn for 2019, right?
1: Yeah, one of the things is that they do have some higher veteran experience with some of the guys, Allen and Mm -hmm. Dinwiddie. So, I mean, you you do have some guys that aren't uh, fresh rookies or coming into their second season. So I think they may be able to gel a little bit better. Uh, And and when you talked about uh, DeAndre Jordan coming, I mean, reports super late last night were – Kyrie and Durant are most likely not taking full maxes. Really? Because the the numbers wouldn't be enough to make him at 10 mil per. So there might be some interesting contract manipulation with incentives or something like that where they may not get the full max. to bring hmm. on Jordan. Now that's
0: important with Durant specifically, and we'll get to that because obviously Golden State had to go through some uh, some changes here to sort of make this work. Obviously, for those who don't know, maybe Scott quickly explain how, you know, generally speaking, trades work with teams that are over the cap.
1: Yeah, if they're over the cap, they have to have some matching salary situation with outgoing and incoming right. salaries with a certain percentage uh, that they can take in. Uh, in this case, it, Kyrie or, uh, Durant and D'Angelo Russell, their salaries, what they're signing aren't going to match. So Brooklyn actually has to send, uh, the reports are they're sending two more players back to golden state right. with D'Angelo Russell to, to make things work. But I wonder if Durant is taking less in the long run, if
0: that changes that trade as well, right?
1: Possibly depending on how much
0: right. less he's taking, uh, can you even imagine if he takes less money? I mean, I mean, what is the point of leaving? He's already he's already leaving fifty-seven million on the table by leaving Golden State.
1: Yeah, that he's not going to be able to play at all next year, and then the following year he's not going to be a hundred percent. Guys that come off that injury aren't. I mean, it's just uh, uh, statistically, uh, guys that come back their second year is much more. Uh, dwindled than sure. they had been prior to the injury. So, I mean, I mean the, uh, essentially the Nets are sort of in limbo with his 38 or whatever million dollars yeah. on the books. Uh, <laughs> Not even limbo. They're, they're paying it for no, for no
0: services. I mean, they are paying it for the, for, right. for the chance to see him in 2020. It,
1: um, it's, and you can you, also – Go ahead. I was, I was going to say you can also – I mean, you could sort of look at it as – 38 million dollars of dead cap that sure. is on the roster actively so i mean right. that, that's a that's a huge pill to swallow for a year maybe two so let's put that risk together with what the
0: deandre jordan is essentially a shell of himself at this point right i mean he's not going to be a major contributor he's one of katie's buddies it's mm-hmm. not a, it's not a lucrative contract it's what four for 40 we're here in 10 million a year so it's I mean, mm-hmm. none of that is eye popping, but if he's the actual third piece, does that really set them apart?
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know if he
0: does. I'm just I mean, not sure if he, this huge he, swing is that is isn't going to be a swing and a miss. Is, is that's
1: uh, where I'm sort of getting to here? <laughs> yeah, and I agree, he's a shell of himself. He was rumored to potentially have been a, a bought out candidate last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but then they ended up keeping him. So, I, I don't know if this is the greatest move. Time will tell, but I mean it, it. It's a big piece that you know they can rotate with Allen and go from there. Well, look, here's
0: the numbers. Obviously, you said there could be some swaying one way or another here with a couple of these contracts. But let's assume Kyrie and Durant have maxed, and DeAndre's on that four for forty. That means Brooklyn has sunk three hundred and forty-five million dollars into these three players. Mm-hmm. So that is uh, that is quite a haul for you know a day's work on a on a Sunday afternoon. So. <laughs> So Brooklyn is a, a brand new team. You know, a lot of them, a lot of people like what this looks like. Maybe not next year like we're talking about. Maybe it's going to need a year and a half to kind of come together. I would I would almost assume that's going to have to happen with the Durant situation. But they're the team to talk about at least to start. But there's plenty more to get to. Um, hey, hey, let's take a quick break. Uh, and I wonder if you can bring up our free agent tracker, which you've been doing a great job of hammering out and keeping up with. And I, I know a lot of people appreciate that we're kind of getting these things in on the fly. What kind of numbers are we looking about? Looking at with about twelve hours of free agency agreements. I mean, it's, none of this can even become official until July sixth. So that's when you're talking about. There's still reports and rumors about things yeah. being changed. All, all, all of this is subject to change. I mean, none of this is real. <laughs> this is, this is like the hot stove on steroids right now. And let's talk about just how big it is. It, it's big,
1: right? Uh, extremely big. I mean, we were. In three hours, three and a half hours, we were at two billion dollars spent. Yeah. Right now, after getting all the stuff from overnight, we're at 2.76 billion dollars spent. Uh, that surpasses the second highest that we've been tracking. The highest we've been we've had in the past was 3.6 billion. I think we might get there once Leonard comes through and some of these other guys. But and you're and talking worked, about.
0: Entire free agency periods,
1: entire free agency periods. And we're already in 18 hours through at two point seven six billion. I mean, it's just unbelievable the numbers that are coming through. I mean, we have. Like 13 guys over. A hundred million wow. right now, and wow. um, we're not even talking about guys that are signing minimums extensions right now. It's or extensions, <laughs> it, well, yeah. And ex- extensions don't even count right. into this. We'll They're worth, yeah. There, there were three. Uh, we'll talk about those in a little bit. But I mean, we're talking uh, some of the 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 guys that went off the board. I mean, Clay Thompson went back to Golden State at 190 million. Tobias Harris didn't take a max. He took five for 180. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris Middleton rumored he was going to take a max, didn't take a max, five for 178. So, I mean, we're seeing big numbers that are almost unprecedented with the average salaries. I mean, we're talking 35 to 41 AAVs with these guys. Let's actually
0: touch on that a little bit because rather than go through every and, and and really drag this thing out because there's just plenty to talk about, you mentioned Tobias Harris and, and Middleton, and those are really t- a couple of examples of players not going right to the max. And I have to imagine there were teams offering Chris Middleton the max. Don't you think?
1: Yeah, I would think there might have been something in the background where they there were inquiries about it. I think he just probably really likes playing in Milwaukee. He's got Giannis there. They see the... Uh, potential that they have moving forward and uh, instead of looking to see if the grass is greener on another team he wanted to stay for a little less I, gu- I guess my point is this if if we're going to see more and more of this and
0: I think we will meaning players not taking the max even though it's available to them it, Chris Middleton could have gotten a max contract from Milwaukee is my point his agent could have mm-hmm. said "We're we're, mm-hmm. we're not staying for less than the max because the max is available so he didn't, and Tobias Harris didn't, and others will, will follow. We've seen it already. Obviously, it's going to have to happen with the Lakers. They can't even afford a max. So um, we're going to get to a point now where this is a league-mandated system, right? This is a slotted system. These max contracts are built into the salary cap figures essentially, right? So are we getting to a point where teams can't afford
1: a winning roster with max contracts? Is that what we're getting to? Yeah, you might. We may be at that point where they're you're strapping yourself too much. Where if you're investing two, three, max, almost max slots, there, you're putting yourself at a point where you're only able to use veteran minimum exceptions or whatever exceptions you're. Yeah, the uh, Lakers essentially dealt with. Yeah, <laughs> essentially the Lakers. Right. I mean, can you run an entire eighty-two game season plus? postseason with three guys that in a bunch of minimums i mean that's why we saw toronto do what they did that's they right. had a deep they had a deep bench milwaukee had a deep bench that's as right. well i mean that you didn't have guys that were all at 30 35 percent of the max or you know so i think the name of the game right now is because of the longevity of the season and the postseason is trying to Smooth out your money so that you have a little bit in every area, whether it's max and middle guys Mm -hmm. that are role players so that you have a deep bench. And uh, we're going to see we're going to see what the Lakers can do. But yeah, we'll, we'll get
0: there. We'll get there. Let me let me finish it with this, because I think the Middleton example is a good one certainly Milwaukee is not just thinking about 2019. I mean, obviously a couple of things happened yesterday that's going that's going to change the course of their season. But we've done some work with them because we we, we obviously like where they are and who they are and, and if they're going to try to keep this thing together and keep running, they've got some work to do. The the 3 million or so shaved off of Middleton's uh annual salary is that's essentially what it is, right? It's he took about 12 million off total here off the max mm-hmm. contract. That's probably not an accident, right? I mean, they this is a team that next summer is going to have to pay Giannis a super max contract, and the numbers are going to be ridiculous. I mean, ridiculous. $254 million, He's going to be over $45 million a year. It's going to be a ridiculous contract. So they're essentially looking forward. They're looking ahead to that, right, and, and knowing they need to shave every dollar possible. And my guess is they sat down with Middleton and said, look, at, this is what's coming. This is the guy we need to keep with you. If this is going to happen, we have to get you here. And my guess is Middleton just said, I'm on board with that. I mean, $178 million is nothing to gawk at for Chris Middleton, right?
1: No, yeah, I, I completely agree with that notion. Uh, they're looking forward. Giannis is going to get paid. They they did an extension with Eric Bledsoe in, in, during the season. So Regrettable, that's kind of why. What? You think they regret mm, that? I wonder on that. I, I, maybe. Yeah. Uh, but I think they had to let Brogdon that's go, right. especially with the, the 85 mil. They weren't going right. to swallow that with Middleton and then Giannis I'll give them credit though because
0: so. that was a cause and effect you're right they, they were probably preparing for exactly what just happened there by signing blood so when they did they were they were locking in a point guard on the roster that they could go forward with if and when Malcolm Brogdon did sign a sheet or the sign and trade that did happen he's in he's in Indiana now they, they, there was a price they knew they couldn't go over we were hearing four for 80 it ended up being four for 85 to Indiana so Certainly too rich for Milwaukee's blood in terms of what they have to deal with over the next 18 months based on what we just talked about. But that's a, that's a young, exciting piece to lose. So I give them credit because signing Bledsoe, getting Middleton under the max like they did, those are big boy moves in terms of finances to sort of keep yourself relevant for this two- to three-year run that we think they can all take. So it, good for them. I, I think out of all the teams that have adjusted here in the last 12 hours – I sort of like what happened right they they certainly lost some pieces they kept the piece they're going to add some smaller pieces um but I think for the most part they might look and feel the same in 2019 which which isn't a bad thing <laughs> no no no. I'm giving them credit for it I'm giving them credit yeah let's talk about a team that may be a little dysfunctional even more than we thought they were right let's talk about the Philadelphia 76ers because I I think unless you're a gigantic Philadelphia 76ers fan, you have no idea what's going on with that team right now. Um, you mentioned Tobias Harris. I think everybody was under the assumption he was going to stay because the assumption was Jimmy Butler was not, and you certainly didn't need both of those players together anymore. Right. Um, so Butler walks. We, we, we're a little unsure on, on how that's going to all unfold, but Butler's going to walk on a max contract somewhere that we can put that in, in cement. Tobias Harris comes back. He's getting $36 million a year. He was offered twenty million a year, like six months ago, if I remember correctly. Correct by this team?
1: Yeah, uh, by the the Lakers or the Clippers. Clippers,
0: mm-hmm. but but I believe that was going to be part of the trade anyway. I, in any event, he did he didn't do anything to earn sixteen million more a year. In my opinion, uh, he's a he's a nice player and he's a veteran player, and I think he's a great guy for our locker room, which makes sense in Philly with these kids. But man, this is what you're with all of these kids. You have to pay right and. All signs say they're going to pay him. I, I don't know why you would consider Ben Simmons on a max contract, but it sounds like they're going to. Mm-hmm. You're putting yourself in the hole right now with a near max on Tobias Harris, right?
1: Yeah, you're You're in. If you do that with Simmons, you already have Embiid uh, and what, Horford. Yeah, what else did they do yesterday? That's right. <laughs> they, they locked down Horford for right. uh, 109. Uh, so you, you're going to have four guys that are. Looking at twenty-five plus mil on that's right uh, on on the next two three four years, depending on you know. I wonder. Future I wonder if you've movement. looked yet. Are they, are they going to be in tax trouble this year? Not this year, but in the upcoming years. Once Simmons it's signs be for kids. sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, let me ask you this question too. Just to kind of, uh, I mean, like I said, I'm a little confused on what they're doing. I'm not sure from a roster standpoint or a, or a starting five standpoint. I like where they're going. But this is the uh, the outer line point for me. Who, who's going to shoot the ball on this team?
1: <laughs> is, Tob- <laughs> is Tobias Harris going to be the shooter? He may have to. I mean, they lost Reddick. They're losing Butler. Butler, who likes to shoot. Um, Simmons doesn't like to shoot. Simmons can't shoot. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Simmons, so, and Simmons cannot shoot the ball. So, I, I'm confused here. Are they? Gonna, is El Horford going to pop up 13 threes a game? I mean. <laughs> I'm a little confused as to how this team's going to put together points from outside the three. So I, I mean, maybe they're going to maybe they're going old school and they're going to try to drive this thing down into the paint and play from there like the old uh, 90s teams used to do. But certainly they're 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 building themselves that way. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. right. guys like Horford and Embiid can be outside, but they're, they don't love to be outside all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a big sort of Goliath team now. Um, and I, I'm really interested to see what happens. I, I I just wonder if there's maybe one more move coming here, some sort of playmaker um, that can shoot, put the ball up a little bit. But as of right now, you know, bringing Josh Richardson back on the Butler trade, we think he's he's going to be a, a big man on the starting lineup to go with Horford and Embiid and Simmons. And then, like I said, it's sort of Tobias Harris's game at the top of the key. So I I'm a little confused with how this roster is being constructed, but. I give them credit. They're, they're at least making an effort. I mean, losing Jimmy Butler is probably harder than a lot of people think it is. He is a dynamic defensive player. Like you said, he can shoot the ball. He was maybe their most important piece through this postseason run. So I, I imagine they're scrambling a little bit to sort of fill this roster back in. I'm just not sure it makes a lot of sense.
1: Yeah, I agree. Uh I do like Horford there with the veteran experience behind, with Embiid or behind Embiid, however they're gonna play him. Sure. I saw that they'll probably play him at the power forward potentially to match with Embiid. But I like that veteran presence, uh the experience in the postseason. Um so I, we'll see how that gels, but I agree they definitely need to bring in some kind of three point outside shooter uh to try to spread the ball a little bit than just Ground and pound down below. I gotta say this too. Uh, we were hearing reports on Horford's numbers
0: to be about that four for one ten, which is where it came in. But in terms of Philly, we we already talked about how damaging their, their their finances may be, especially when as they close into a Ben Simmons contract. That that Horford deal in a year eighteen months. That's not going to be very tradable, <laughs> right? I mean, $27 million a year for a 35-year-old who, if he's not working in Philly, are people really going to still be pying for him? I'm, I'm worried they're going to be stuck in three years with this contract. And even if they're ready to go and, and sign Simmons and maybe other pieces, they're going to be locked in a little bit.
1: Well, one of the caveats with Horford's, according to reports, is that it's $97 million guaranteed. So 12 million in incentives and some of the incentives are based on championships and playoffs from what I read. So uh, his his base cap is going to be lower than a one oh nine split. So. So let me ask you this, Scott, from from a luxury tax standpoint, will that
0: mean he's only about twenty five million a year or do the bonuses factor into the tax?
1: They would bu- factor into the tax if they become likely. Right now, they'd be considered unlikely, so they wouldn't count <laughs> I don't until think It's likely Philly's winning the championship. <laughs> That's not with what's
0: happening in the East here. Yeah. This, is, this is quite a no. conference now. Right. Yeah. All right. Let's move on. Let's move on to these Warriors. Um, it's crazy that we're making them third on this list, but we don't really know what's happening. I, there's a lot of moving parts. It's a similar situation to Philly, where I think they're scrambling a little bit because. I'm not sure they were blindsided by Kevin Durant leaving, but I think they think they, they thought they had a chance, right? I mean, if they're, if they were offering him that five-year max, $221 million, 50 plus million more than anyone else can offer him. I, I have to imagine they thought they had a chance to keep him. So obviously they didn't. We, we are hearing now that it's a sign and trade, just a straight up with D'Angelo Russell and maybe a couple of pieces. Right. Right. Um, right. Which mm-hmm. is good. I mean, it's good to get back some, some of the younger kids. I, I guess we got to start there. What, what the heck is D'Angelo Russell going to do on
1: a Clay Thompson, Steph Curry backcourt? <laughs> I don't know, but that that's one expensive backcourt that they have right now. You're not I kidding. Mean, let's let's, let's Steph- hash it out. Let's hash that yeah. out. Actually, yeah. Ste- Steph's going to be making forty. Yep. Clay's going to be at thirty-two-seven. Yep. Russell will be at twenty-seven-three. So that's a hundred million on the dot. That's hundred
0: million dollars in cash and cap next year for three guards. Yep. And Clay's gonna miss half
1: the year. And <laughs> and because this is a sign and trade, the team mm-hmm. automatically becomes hard capped. That's right. So what so what that means is they cannot go over the luxury tax apron of one hundred thirty eight point six million. So they they whatever signings that they'll have after everything's flushed out. They're they're not allowed to go over that at all so that it's no longer a a soft, flexible luxury tax where they can keep spending and moving and adding pieces. So they may. Well, when all is said and done, let's get
0: there. uh, That had an effect already, right? Because they had to trade Andre Iguodala, which right, they did. That's a holy cow move. But I think that it's because of exactly what you just said. They are no longer able to just go as high as they want now because of this trade. and Iguodala's 17 million, Well, that's a really nice number for the kind of player he is and the important player that he is to that team, he has to fall off the roster because I think of exactly what you're talking about here.
1: Yeah, and some of the rumors that were thrown out there when this was happening was, is Draymond going? Is Livingston going? Is Iguodala? And then it all fleshed out that Iguodala was going. But I mean, there was a lot of rumblings of who's going because the numbers just weren't going to work out. And I mean, we see that, uh, Iguodala went and now th- they're going to be looking at signing veteran sure. minimums and, Yeah, Lakers from there. Yeah. So, I, I mean, they can bring back some, I mean, they, they can bring back Quinn cook. He was on restricted free agent or Jordan bell. So they, they have the rights to those guys. Uh, they drafted Jordan Poole. So they do have some, young kids or experienced kids that they are going to be able to bring in to fill the roster. No up, chance. But on a,
0: no chance on a boogie cousins, right? Maybe you use an exception I, on like a Sean Livingston. Maybe, maybe one of your exceptions, right?
1: Well, L- Livingston has 2 million guaranteed right now out of his seven, six. So he he'll be okay uh, with that. You think, well, th- th- they pushed back his guaranteed date hmm. um, to see how things were going to mesh out. Uh, I I heard that he potentially may retire. Oh my goodness. Um, So I don't know how that plays into it. They could bring cousins back, but it's not going to be what he probably wants because he only has non bird rights. So they're not going to be able to give him a 20 mil that he may want. And I think he's looking for something
0: multi-year anyway right now. So I I, I just, I, I think the tea leaves are written on that one, but this is a, this is an interesting team right now. I mean, it Obviously, is. you know Steve Kerr is going to make this work. He's a backcourt genius, but those three players alone behind the three-point line and with the ball or without the ball, you know, we're going to see that in February when Klay Thompson gets healthy, but this certainly allows them to slow play Klay Thompson's return with D'Angelo and Steph Curry. It's also going to allow Steph Curry to be off the ball more, which is something mm-hmm. he thrives in. So I understand it from, from that side of it, but you were, you're losing a player in Kevin Durant, Oh, oh, by the way, Kevin Looney's probably gone, right? Looney's not coming back. And that's, another, Most likely, that's yeah. another big body that you're losing. So you're
1: losing Cousins, Durant, and Looney, and mm-hmm. Iguodala. <laughs> and during the season, Draymond was a, a shell of himself until he decided to show up in the playoffs. So, but we'll I think see. they're okay with that. But, but my point is this is sort of the
0: reverse conversation we just had about the Philadelphia 76ers, where they're going big almost to the point of where they have no shooting guards, no guards, period. Mm -hmm. And Golden State's 90% guard heavy now. I mean, they might be the smallest team in the league right now. So, uh, boy, you know, it's going to be an interesting, you know, breakdown to see how this works on the court. Obviously, there's pieces still to come, as you're talking about. There's going to be plenty of veterans that want to latch on to that backcourt. So they're going to get some names at, you know, ridiculous prices just because people want to come play with Golden State. But Man, this is uh this is not how I saw things unfolding with the Warriors. I have to admit, I I was pretty positive that that 5-year contract for Durant was going to keep him around and that if he needed to be traded next year they could do it. Um but he is uh he is out of town before it even started. Let's be honest there. He was this the, the Brooklyn plan that was had been rumored for months, it was real. <laughs> it was real and and like I said, I'm not sure Golden State was caught off guard, but well let me ask you this. Did they because this is sort of something I wanted to bring up anyway, we're seeing so many of these major players be part of sign and trades. We haven't even talked about Kemba Walker yet. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Kemba Walker sign and trade. Kevin Durant sign and trade. Uh, Jimmy Butler is going to be a sign and trade. The league was really trying to clamp down on this because beforehand you could just sign and trade a player at any contract, whether it's the five-year max, the super. You could do whatever you wanted with a, with a contract like uh, with a sign and trade. So. Now they clamped it down to it can only be the four-year max, but you could sign and trade any player you want. And we're still seeing that all the time. Is that is this good for basketball? Is it good that Golden State still gets something in return for, for Kevin Durant rather than just see him walk? Or is this sort of a
1: circumvention of free agency? You know what I mean? I think it is a circumvention of free agency, but I think teams are using it to their advantage – Sure. So that I mean they're they're getting pieces back but teams are able to take on these signed free agents with you know going over the cap they don't necessarily have to sign them with their cap space uh, because of matching salaries or how w- right. when when you compare caps at those points so a lot of the working pieces are teams are making sure they're signing certain guys first and then making, this sign-and-trade, the second or third piece in their, in their domino effect. So let me, let me uh, so, bring
0: this in because this is sort of why, why I wanted to bring it up. I, let's say the Warriors really didn't love D'Angelo Russell, right? I mean, there's, there's plenty to love. It's, it's kind of been a one-year show for him, and uh, you know, a lot of people, there's a lot riding on his next couple of years. But let's say maybe they didn't, they, wouldn't, they didn't think they needed him right now for everything we've just talked about. I mean, their backcourt is already legendary. Isn't this just, we might as well get anything, and he's the only salary on that Nets team that could match Durant? Isn't that essentially what we're seeing here? Rather than let, let, rather than let Durant walk for free in free agency, let's just get any piece they're willing to offer us, right, or any piece we can get, and bring it in. And we know Clay's going to miss, you know, maybe six months or so with, that, with the torn ACL. Is there a chance that D'Angelo Russell is on the trade block at the deadline? And that no, this is just a temporary I, I, move because they wanted to get what they could for Durant and they wanted some coverage for Clay Thompson while he's injured. Is there, is there a chance that, you know, they're, they're flipping this for, you know,
1: for championship pieces for their postseason run in, in January? My, my initial thought is no. I mean, I wouldn't put it off the table that if st- an unbelievable offer came through that right. they wouldn't flip it. But uh, with, with Curry and some of his injuries that he's had, um this is just going to be another piece to fill in right behind so uh, I, my initial thought is I, I i think this was in the plan to get somebody to help sure it just ha- sure. it just happened to be that russell was a restrictive free agent and durant was going there and they're able to make it work that they're able to swap i agree this is probably a we got to get somebody. Right? Other, uh, <laughs> y- y- yeah, w- we need to get somebody. Otherwise, we're going to be left in the musical chairs with no chairs. Well, so. let's also say this.
0: This is this is as much of a defensive move as an offensive move as well, because that, that team right down the state there, the Lakers were interested in Russell services. Mm-hmm. And yes, they were. You have to imagine if they didn't do this in Golden State, that L.A. was seriously going to be in contention to get D'Angelo Russell out of Brooklyn. So. Might as well, right? You might as well throw this into the ring, get something back for Durant, who's going to walk anyway. Uh, it, it makes sense from a business standpoint, is my point. I'm not sure it makes sense on the court after Clay Thompson's healthy. We'll have to see how that all works out. But even if I'm wrong and they're not thinking about flipping him as a piece, it's certainly a possibility, right? <laughs> so so in, you know, maybe if it's not this deadline, it's next summer. They've got this golden piece sitting there that they don't even really need. You know, if that if that becomes the case, holy cow, is that a big trade chip, right, to be holding next summer?
1: Right, right, right. And and the, I I think what Golden State's probably going to do is it, be able to lessen Curry's minutes and play Russell a little bit more no question. Dur- dur- during the grind in the regular season, so that when they get to the postseason, Curry can be his normal self. They can uh switch them up uh, when they're both on the court if the, if they're both there so i mean i i like it from a depth standpoint we yes. talked about that a little bit earlier this allows the depth where if there's back-to-back nights curry doesn't necessarily have to play he won't 30 he won't 35 you're, 40 you're minutes dead so. right on
0: this but i have to we have to bring this point back up again because even though everything you just said is 100 true curry plus russell plus Thompson is a hundred million dollars this year. And it Mm like the the salary cap is 109 million (laughs) dollars. So you are talking about the most expensive backcourt in the league. And it's not even a question. This is the best backcourt in the league. Even if Clay Thompson's out for half a year, this is the best backcourt in the league. This is going to be something to watch. I'm just, I'm worried they're not big at all. So we'll see what kind of pieces they can put in, in with it to get going here. But Man, just another interesting twist we saw in the last 12 hours. Let's get to, I think, the easiest one, right? The Boston Celtics, which this rumor came out a few days ago. It just seemed perfect. I don't think anybody's gawking at this. Kemba Walker goes to Boston. The only, you know, kind of uh, jump that came in here is that, again, this is a sign in trade. And I don't even think people are gawking at that part of it now because we all knew Terry Rozier's days in Boston were numbered. They were numbered but the second Kyrie Irving got there. Um, in terms of his playing time and his ability. This guy's got a pretty nice ceiling. Uh, does, does Terry Rozier like this? <laughs> because I have to imagine teams like the Knicks, the Clippers, maybe even the Lakers were sort of hoping his services would be available on the open market, and he was going to be that maybe second, third-tier player that these guys could jump on. You know, tons of ceiling, tons of upside, a really nice shooter, can handle the ball. Um, but he gets shipped to Charlotte. And he's going to become the new Kemba Walker. I mean, he's the piece there now, right? Right. So I, is he happy? He's getting paid. He's getting, you know, $60 million over three years. Is that, is, is that correct, I believe? 60 yeah, over yeah. Three. 50, yeah. 58 Right. So, you know, he's certainly getting the pay raise. Um, I just think maybe there were more dollars and maybe a better roster out there for him on the open market. So this is an example of where the sign-in trade on his case maybe doesn't work in his favor, but... He's going to go and be the man, which is something he's probably been wanting to be for a few years on that Boston roster. So anything to say about Kemba in Boston? I mean, it just seems like a slam dunk, right?
1: It does. I I like the move. Uh, Like we said earlier, sign and trade. So they're hard capped. I don't think they're going to get close to that. They're so young
0: around him. They're not going to have to worry about that. Yeah,
1: right. But I like the move for Boston. They needed to change it up a little bit um scott did they have a true ca- uh, max cap space is he getting
0: the true max or is he gonna have to shave a few off as well i, I can't remember where boston ended up after all these moves
1: they, they had room so he's gonna get a true max okay
0: so 32 7 this year that's a nice little mm-hmm. pay up for him i mean yeah it is can we all agree i mean I, I i put it out there on twitter that you know this was available to him but can we all agree that charlotte never offered him that super max contract
1: no i don't think they I can't did imagine right no. From the reports that I saw, it was five for 160, I believe, is what they offered him. So uh, so they never even got to the 35
0: percent max, let alone the super max.
1: Right. From what, from, from what I saw from the reports, whether um, that was true or not. But that's what I saw. Um, so I think he was sort of uh, put off by that number and was like, all right, I'm going to leave. And sure. Boston wanted him. He wanted him, and I think it, it might work really well with Stevens there and some of those some of those young pieces. It will it will allow Tatum and Brown to thrive a little more. So and Hayward, yeah, I, I like and, this a lot. Hayward.
0: Yeah, I like this a lot. Again, though, they have to replace Al Horford. Um, I wonder if there's not one more move here. I wonder if there's a uh, if there's another big man coming to town, and maybe that's going to have to be a trade out of there as well. But Boston might have to give up one of these kids in the next couple of weeks to to, to mm-hmm. sort of. Uh, you know, reinforce that the paint for them where Al Horford did such a nice job for a few years here. So we'll see. Um, this is certainly a slam dunk, though, in terms of replacing Kyrie Irving. I think everybody agrees with that. All right, let's get to the, uh, the player who is sort of sitting on his hands right now, right? And he's probably driving a bunch of teams crazy, crazy, because Kawhi Leonard has not agreed to meetings yet. He's not talking, obviously. He never talks. Nobody knows a thing, and that is the best part about Kawhi Leonard. Nobody knows. His agent doesn't say a word. He doesn't say a word. People around him don't say anything. We literally know nothing. And if people are saying they know something, they're lying. (laughs) Because this is the most lock and key uh, superstar maybe in the history of the the NBA. And he is the most important one now. Because there are teams, both LA teams and definitely Toronto, who are waiting for his decision. Am I incorrect in assuming that? No, you're not. Just give me your gut. Who's, who's got the upper hand right now?
1: I think Lakers have the upper hand. I think Raptors may be right behind that. Um, but I, I agree that this is extremely refreshing for the yeah. fact that he, there is nothing coming out of his camp. I mean, even Woj who gives Woj bombs for the sure. last 18 hours uh, hasn't even said anything about Leonard. So It's kind of refreshing having no knowledge at all because eventually even Durant's information came out. So uh, I I do think the Lakers right now uh, are in the front runner based on what I've read, what I've heard. Let me tell you why I think they're not. Um, Two reasons.
0: Eh, Maybe three reasons. They can't offer the 32-7. They can't offer the True Max. Am I wrong or can they?
1: No, they can't. They're slightly below that. It's
0: close. I mean, it's going to be, you know, ridiculously close. It's going to be like 31, 32 million, just not the full, full, full max. So, but that's that's one slight against them right now. The second slight is it just seems like all these other players in Toronto, Danny Green, even some of those smaller pieces, are waiting. And they're, they are. they must be waiting because they think there's a chance. And if they think there's a chance that he stays in Toronto, mm-hmm. then we have to think there's a chance, Right. Um, and then number three is, it's got to be really tough to walk away from that situation. That team is intact. I mean, if they can bring back Danny Green on, on rights. They've already mm-hmm. brought back Marcus Saul. Kyle Lowry's there for one more year. I, at least, he's got an option next year. But I, I, it's going to be really tough to walk away from that entire exact team who just did this great thing because he was there. And if he's, if he's not there, you know... Not that he's going to feel any regret or you know feel bad about leaving. He's certainly done enough to, to do whatever he wants. I just think from a personal standpoint, he's got to be looking at that team right now and saying, oh, I might as well give this one more shot, right? And I think we've all said some sort of two-year you know plus-a-player-option deal to stay in Toronto and max out for two years makes a heck of a lot of sense. Now, I get the draw with the Lakers. You want to go and, and, and sort of be – you know, the, the savior on this Lakers team that needs to get LeBron to the finish line. They, they need to. I mean, they have, done, they have gone through hell in a handbag to get LeBron, to screw up LeBron's roster, <laughs> to completely destroy five years of draft, and to get AD to change the way they got AD because they didn't think they were doing it the right way. They weren't doing it the right way, by the way, in terms of the financial finances. They finally got everything under, under button. They're close to being able to afford Kawhi Leonard. If he doesn't go, if he's not there, I, is, can that team win? Can that team win without Kawhi Leonard? I don't think they can. No, I don't think they can. No, I, do, I don't think they can win. So it, there is just so much. And then we get to the Clippers, who have literally been sitting on their hands. They re-signed Patrick Beverly, I believe. Did I see that mm-hmm. right? Yes, you did. That, is that all they did? Is that so it? far? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's an okay team. They they were certainly you know I think what eight seed were they the eight seed? Seven seed, one of the two. But they, they got themselves in. They, they sort of turned their entire season around after they completely gutted their, their all-stars, right? I mean, that was Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan for many, many years, and now those pieces all, are all gone, and there's some of those traded pieces back really competing nicely. They could have used one of these players, a Jimmy Butler, a Kawhi Leonard. I, I have to think that their inactivity, their, them sitting idle, means they think they're in too with Kawhi Leonard don't you think?
1: <laughs> uh, yes, they have the space. They could offer the full max if they wanted to. Yes, um, I, I believe they probably think they have a chance, but it's going to be... Uh, I think we all think they're third, right? <laughs> I, I do. I think they're third. <laughs> uh, I, I said the Lakers are, are, are in the lead for the fact that Kawhi likes to not always be in the limelight. You've got two major superstars sure. that he may be able to just show up and do what he needs to and, and contribute. Um, he also wants to go home, it, right? I mean, he wants to be in L.A. He, at some point, I think. He does, and I believe there were uh, there was reports that he bought a house in San Diego or sure. something in, in California already. So, I mean, it, where there's smoke. There may be fire, yeah. um, but I agree. It, it's it's gonna it's got to be hard on him to after what he did in Toronto to leave. Uh, and I also said the Lakers for the fact of tax purposes. I know you've had Robert on yeah. quite a bit, and does he take thirty million with the Lakers where it's less of a tax hit compared to Toronto? Yeah, and he can get more in so, Toronto, though.
0: He can get more to stay.
1: He could get more to stay. Yeah. So it, it, when all is said and done, uh, maybe he does the a one in one
0: where I, I just he, think, he, I think Scott, the coolest thing is that it is totally up to him. It is completely up to him. He he is in such a p- position of power right now because of what he's done this past year. And because now he's waited, right? He, everybody's off the board. I just went to look at the list of available players. There's some nice names, there's no, there's no one but Kawhi Leonard left. Let's be fair here. And he's done this on purpose. He, he, he wanted to be the last man standing in, the, in this pool because now there's teams that are going to be... I, he, he wanted to see how it all shook out, right? What did the Clippers do? What did other teams do? What did the East do versus the West? He wants to win, right? He wants to see how this is shaking out. And uh, it, the East got better. There's no question the East got better. So, is that going to make staying in Toronto harder, Scott?
1: I mean, I do think, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's obviously going to make it harder yeah. uh, because it, when there's a shift in power. But on the West side, I mean, there's been a lot of movement over there. I mean, we just talked about Golden State, what the state they're going to be in. Mm-hmm. Uh, Houston's been quiet. But, the, they, but they're they, good. They're already good, though they are you know uh, utah got oh, better yeah. especially the with team. the connelly trade utah's the
0: team uh, utah's the team right now that is a that's the next version of denver nuggets right
1: so he, i i think it's i think it's pretty awesome that he has the power sure. he, he's playing a chess match of let's see how everything falls out and then i'm gonna make my decision but we don't even know if he wants a four- or a five-year deal or a one in one or just a one-year. Well, you and I both
0: know that the two-year deal makes the most sense because he's got eight years of experience. When, mm-hmm. he get, when he gets to two more years, when he gets to 10, it's a gigantic pay jump. The problem is that also lines itself up with the new CBA. And I know there's concern about them changing the contract structures or or, or you know maybe shifting some money down to the middle class a little bit. Um, so do you think he – goes with a full four or five year max
1: what, what, what do you think here i mean he seems like a smart guy so i think he's going to maximize where he can i i i'd like to say he wants to do a one and one and then hit that 35 uh, percent max with you know when he hits the 10 years experience yeah um but we've
0: thought that don't you think we've a thought two and that one makes more sense two years guaranteed and then allow the option for that third year? Because if the CBA does change things, right, he'll be locked in at least on that third year.
1: Correct. Yeah, and I then, he the and one. then, and then he has the option of, do I want to opt in or opt out? He may want to opt in depending on how, right. how the cap works. I right. mean, the, some of the uh, estimates for the cap have gone up a little bit for, uh, 2021 already. So are we going to see mean, a plateau at all here? I mean, we're seeing 10, 10 million a year for five years here. I mean, is
0: that sustainable?
1: <laughs> from, what, from what we're seeing, next year is estimated to be 117. And then the following year, I saw is was 125, I believe. So 8 million I mean, more every year. Wow. <laughs> I, I don't see a plateau, but that may get reset or with the new CBA reset, something like that. Uh, but for right now, we're not really seeing a plateau at all. All right, I'm going to put you on the spot here. I didn't. I didn't mention this pre-show, but what, which
0: teams are in danger of the luxury tax this year? I'm. I'm going to give you one that's easy. I know Oklahoma City, right? Because they always yeah. are. <laughs> uh-huh. I'm, I'm assuming Houston. Anybody who pays Chris Paul forty million is probably in trouble, right?
1: Yeah, Houston is. Uh, they're actually not a luxury tax team yet, but that may yeah. flush out. Yeah. I mean, they did a. Lo- they did a lot of manipulation. Uh, at the end to get under the luxury tax uh, mm-hmm. of last season. I think if they would have been in on Butler and got him, well, they would have been hurt I, a little I, more. I guess my
0: point with that is if if they're going to push any year, it's going to be this year. You know, Golden State is a defeated team right now. Right. So if anybody's going to push in the West, it's them. They're, they're the closest to getting that thing to the finish line. So if you're going to pay a luxury tax, this is the year to do it. If you're Denver or Utah or Houston or the Lakers, um, are the, the Lakers will not be, I don't think, right? They just don't have enough pieces to cost that much, right?
1: Right. Right now, I, I'm looking at possibly four teams in the luxury tax as of right now without any other signings coming through. I mean, we're looking at, obviously, Golden State mm-hmm. with yeah. them taking on. With their point guards. Uh, t- <laughs> two max contracts. Uh, We've got Portland. Which surprises
0: people every year, but they're always up there. They just have a deep, expensive roster,
1: right? (laughs) They do. But they've invested in Lillard and Mm -hmm. some other guys that they've had in there. So uh, they sort of build from within, and they're not a huge free agency destination. So they've they've got to try to retain and scout really well. And then you've got the Cavaliers. Oh, my God. That's
0: just unbelievable. That's like the Buccaneers in football. How the how do the Buccaneers have no cap space? Right. I mean, how do the Cavaliers not have any room? What what is that? Just all Kevin Love?
1: It's uh, Kevin Love, (laughs) Kevin Love, Tristan Thompson. Oh my god. J R Smith could be moved, and they could actually get below that luxury tax because only three point eight seven is guaranteed for that contract. So they they could waive them. Yeah, they just buy them out, right? Well, I don't know what's going on with him. There's been rumors of possibly him being traded, waiving him. They could have waived him forever ago and saved some money. But th- for some reason, they've kept him on the books. I mean, he didn't even play at all. Well, let's talk about year, let's though.
0: talk about why he's being considered to be traded. How, how much is his salary this year, Scott? Uh, it's a f- little over 15 and a half. OK, so you mentioned how these trades have to work with teams that are over. Um what, what can happen is if a team's got a player they don't want right now that's worth around twelve to $18 million, they can swap him to Cleveland for J.R. Smith and then just buy out J.R. Smith and be gone mm-hmm. with it, and it's essentially an $18 million cap dump for that team. So you're right. going to see a bunch of that happen in the next week or so as teams now have to react to their signings or their lack of signings in free agency or trades. Um, you're going to see a lot of that, and that's kind of a really shady, shifty way to circumvent some of this cap stuff. But because trades are dollar for dollar with a lot of these teams, J.R. Smith is actually valuable to teams that need to get rid of a piece right now.
1: (laughs) He is, but people don't understand why they didn't move him at the trade deadline either. So who knows what they're doing? Um, But I mean, those are the four teams. You have some other teams that are that are close. There's a lot of heart. Is Brooklyn Brooklyn in trouble? Are are they going to be close? Um, I wonder
0: how this is all going to shake out here.
1: Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure because we haven't had any... Um, sure. Let's see. Their their roster is looking at... Uh, I've got them at 11, okay. 11 and a half space under the luxury tax right now. So they're probably uh, okay once but, they do some vet they, Yeah. Yeah, and they still have... F- Four roster spots that they can fill in, so they'll probably come in under yeah. uh, the luxury tax for this season. Um, and just the, just to reiterate, there's no cap relief or anything for Kevin
0: Durant, right? Even though he's missing the whole year, nothing, right? Nothing. There'll be some cash insurance, right? I'm sure. I'm sure there's insurance built into this where they won't be paying him the full 38 million, but.
1: Yeah, they'll probably get something back, sort of like John Wall yeah. with the Wizards, but where no, they have but no cap coffee. relief and no tax relief, right? No, his his cap is 38 thirty-eight two. Yeah. That's what his cap is gonna stay all year. Yeah.
0: Not a bad way to spend a year, you know? Do some rehab, <laughs> at all. have some coffee, do some rehab in the morning, get yourself healthy and earn thirty nine million dollars. So whew. Um I kinda hope it works out. I kinda like that Brooklyn sort of took the spotlight away from a lot of teams. <laughs> not to mention the one right down the road, which we have not even discussed, and it's not even worth discussing. Here's, here's the only reason I'm going to bring up the New York Knicks. <laughs> All right. I found a tweet from ESPN from February, and I retweeted it yesterday. And it was a Photoshopped picture of Zion Williamson, Kyrie Irving, and Kevin Durant in Knicks jerseys saying, the future is coming. <laughs> and uh, my tweet was, that did not age well, <laughs> because... They didn't get any of them. And they're, they didn't even come close from what I heard. And in fact, the owner had to come out and basically say, sorry, fans, we, uh, we didn't think it was worth it. <laughs> did you see this? I did see that. Did you see the yeah. statement? Oh my, if they didn't hate James Dolan before they hate him now. Holy yeah. cow.
1: Yeah. They didn't want to invest the, the complete max into him because well, of his injury and that. And, and I get that. I, but. I, I threw a tweet out there that
0: this could be one of the smarter decisions he's made. I mean, we talked about the risk it is. I mean, not just Durant and his health, but going DeAndre Jordan. I mean, a couple of those moves Brooklyn made, getting rid of D'Angelo Russell in, in what may be his prime, right, for Kyrie Irving, who may be past his prime. Who knows, right? So, I mean, even Irving's got some serious injuries in his past, right? His knees and his ankles were all messed up for a while there. I, It's possible they go over 3 on those three guys. It's very possible.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I mean – with that fallout of Durant going to Brooklyn, yeah. I mean, now the, the, overnight the Knicks had come to uh, agreements with a couple guys: Bobby Portis, I like that Rich one, Bullock, yeah, I like and I like Ta- Taj Gibson. So th- they brought in some veteran presence, uh, not overly uh, m- money that's going to kill their uh, uh, situation. They, all, and they also brought in uh julius randall i like that so let me I mean, ask you this though nice do piece. they regret the
0: porzingis move they have to now right i mean porzingis wanted out, wanted out obviously we you know it's who wants to remain in, in a sinking ship but in hindsight the knicks have to be kicking themselves right because they were assuming that they were making the right move and moving him for pieces because of what was coming and those trains are no longer on the tracks <laughs>
1: Yeah, hindsight being 2020, 20, sure, sure. Per, per, perhaps, but maybe maybe not. I mean, if they knew he was not happy there, did did they necessarily want to pay someone who was going to be? No, they didn't uh, have a choice. Uh, You're right. He, uh, he, yeah. he he was
0: he was hammering to get out of there. But uh, just from a roster standpoint, he uh, he'd be a welcomed face in that in that locker room right now. I think.
1: But, but I do have to say, if if Kawhi goes back to Toronto, we may end up with uh-huh. two two major cities with only with four teams and only one team actually getting substantial players into it. I mean, LA, 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 New York and Brooklyn. And I mean, that was all the lead up of Mm
0: -hmm.
1: the Lakers, the Clippers, the Knicks. They're all going to be viable options and free agents are going to go there and we're going to have the the Los Angeles, New York stuff back. Mm -hmm. But we may end up with just Brooklyn, after all the dust settles. Brooklyn, Toronto, Milwaukee, Denver, Utah.
0: How about that for your top four teams next year? Yeah. <laughs> I think the NBA's rooting for Boston, if I have to be honest. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, we're tracking all this stuff as real as we can do it here, and the the free agent list is it's thinning, but there's some names. I mean, you can have some fun right now kind of putting some pieces together, especially as these bigger teams that we've talked about need to add some smaller salaries. So right now, maybe the conversation is who's going to take a pay cut, right, to to go to these good teams because there's some names out there. Uh, I, I like a player like Rajon Rondo. Uh, you know, maybe he sneaks onto Philly somehow, right? Maybe he becomes that sort of point shooter out there that that runs. I, I mean, they need it. Hey, where did JJ Redick end up? I missed it. The Pelicans. Oh, New Orleans. We didn't even talk about New yeah. Orleans. They put. Yeah, the, they, they, they they acquired Derek Favors. I, that they're they're doing it. They're doing it. They're making a push right away. I like it.
1: Yeah, they're, they're uh, between the trade for AD and those pieces, Zion, Redick, Favors, they're putting together a a nice team. Mm -hmm. Uh, They may have their hiccups coming out of the gates here, trying to to gel with all the the youngsters with some of the older vets. But I mean, they're putting together a nice team, but like, uh, I got
0: to say this though, don't you think the best signing of the year for that team is David Griffin? (laughs) I
1: mean, oh, I mean, how do you go and
0: get the GM? I mean it was questionable when they fired their GM when they did, but now we know why. I mean, obviously they were, they were sort of, you know, claiming the, uh, the, the Anthony Davis trade mishap in February on the GM, but they were making space for David Griffin because they knew that there was a chance that they would, they would be getting Zion, that they would be getting this whole situation in front of them. And who better than the guy who did it with LeBron James, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, this is an absolute perfect marriage right now. And it seems to be working well. Everything you just said sounds great for year one of Zion. sounds great.
1: Yeah, and going going back to what you were saying with the uh, looking at the available free agents. I mean, yeah. there are a, a lot of role depth players that you're going to start being uh, seeing agreements for sure. for t- the next couple days here. Uh, well, we've been, we've been on for an
0: hour here, Scott. So you probably missed about seventy-seven signings while we we're doing this. So. <laughs>
1: Yeah, just a couple (laughs) (laughs) but I mean there's a lot of nice pieces that could fill in I mean we got um, Morris you've got uh, Danny Green you've got uh, some some other guys on there that could fill in get some really nice minutes and sort of like Toronto has done have a really deep bench and you know, some of these guys may end up on vet min's. Well, uh, let's talk, but, I mean, you, you mentioned it there, We talked about the, those three teams sort of in limbo
0: right now in, in L.A., L.A., Toronto. Those are three teams. If, if they don't get Kawhi and even if they do, they're going to have to start filling in a lot of pieces. Right. At, at cheap on cheap contracts. So all, you're going to see a lot of these decent players, Seth Curry, Danny Green. You're going to see them go to these. These, well, good, these good, good, good teams that, you know, just can't afford to, to pay you too much. But if you want to come and play, they're going to be there. They're going to be there for you.
1: Well, if the if the Clippers miss out on Kawhi, they're going to have a lot of cap space to use. So you're going to see some guys sign so that they can at least get to the salary cap floor. I wonder if that's a cheap. Boogie
0: cousin spot now that I think about it.
1: Yeah, it, yeah it, he, I haven't. I haven't heard anything from his camp or any reports on him. So he's been one that's been really quiet and must be sort of seeing where things are going to, where the dust settles, where where he wants to go. Let's finish on this.
0: Any chance Dwayne Wade comes out of retirement to join LeBron? Uh, I'd say no, but
1: it's a, a slight possibility I mean, if they I'm really just, need I'm someone thinking of
0: the overreaction. If they don't get Kawhi, right. I'm thinking of what happens because there, there's going to be an overreaction. I mean, you know, it's going to be a bad luck if they have to start filling in pieces with, you know, Lance Stevenson again and things like that. So I, I, I will have to see. I mean, LeBron likes his friends. We've already heard J.R. Smith rumors, Carmelo Anthony rumors. I mean, mm-hmm. somebody's going to, somebody's going to say what I just said, right. Somebody's going to bring it up that Dwayne Wade should just come back for one more year and join LeBron. I don't think it's a good idea. I just, I just, I know how these things kind of work. <laughs> right. Yeah. We'll see. All right. This has been good. There's plenty to talk about where I'm like, I said, like I said, we're probably missing a boatload right now as we're talking. So we'll be, uh, you know, entering things into our tracker and then rehashing and probably do this again in a couple of days just so we can keep on top of it. But there's a, uh, that was quite a big bang for <laughs> 12 hours of NBA agreement free agency. We're not even there yet. Just uh, another reminder. It's, july 6th at 12 01 p.m that's when all this becomes official and scott's mentioned a couple of things that could be moving around already like i said the jimmy butler sign and trade is not finalized by any means there's a they're looking for a third team there's some moving parts that haven't been officialized yet there so that one some of the brooklyn money is going to have to move around a little bit as scott mentioned so keep an eye on those things we'll be tweeting those things out as needed and like i said we'll be back here to do this again and uh boy we've been talking a lot of basketball but Anybody who's a diehard football fan has got to be starting to think about fantasy football. I know I got my renewal email this week for our football league, and uh, I'm sure many of you have started to, to get your heads wrapped around that as training caps get together. It's time to start building some teams, and there's uh, no better place to do that right now with long-term fantasy than Dynasty Owner, one of our, uh, our proud sponsors here. For all of you who missed the beta sign-up, though, there's plenty to do. You can go to DynastyOwner.com. You can give them a couple of dollars for their Indiegogo campaign. And it's pretty cool what they're doing here. It's basically like a little support system. Give them a, a you sign a, a contract with them, and, it, and it, what you get is a lifetime Dynasty League team. You get a team for life on a discount. So you give them two hundred fifty, five hundred, a thousand, five thousand dollars, and there's def, different levels of entry on that, right? So you get prizes in return. It's like any of your. Uh, you know, your uh, GoFundMe sort of things or your uh, Kickstarter things. That's what they're doing here. But they're doing it as a way to get you to come and get, get a team, get a great dynasty team and a great system where bench points matter, where there's a luxury tax system. They've got it all figured out, real salaries, real contracts, and it's all being updated daily. So it's real stuff. It's real fantasy football on a dynasty level. You can go in and pay a couple of bucks right now, get yourself some hats, some shirts, some mugs. Or if you, go, if you, if you drop the big bucks you can get yourself a one-week trip in a private villa in Mexico, all-inclusive. So if you really want to dive in and, and you've got a serious uh, fantasy football hankering, you can really get some, something nice kickback there. So go check out DynastyOder.com. You can read all about this stuff. Register your team, lock in a few gate prizes, keep up with the latest. They've got their own podcast as well. Wherever you subscribe to this podcast, check out DynastyOder as well. Visit DynastyOder.com for more. Scott, this has been fun. There's uh, lots going on. There's lots of money. What's the... What's the official update again? 40 plus signings and almost 3 billion. Is that
1: what it is? Uh, 48 signings and uh, 2.8 million. 2. Or 8, billion. 2.8 2. Billion. billion with a B. And we're going to reach yep. that 3 billion
0: mark soon because Ka- Kawhi Leonard is coming. For Scott Allen, my name is Mike Giannetti. Check us out at SpotTrack.com or at SpotTrack on Twitter. Talk to you again soon.